Welcome to Girl Meets Show, the relationships podcast, if you're in a relationship with TV. It's our fifth episode. Yay! I don't know why, but it feels like a monumental occasion. Yeah, well, it's like how five golden rings is like the big centerpiece of the 12 days (laughs) of Christmas. That's all I want. I don't want any animals. No, birds especially. (laughs) I'm sure that noise sounds really pretty. (laughs) What's the opposite of ASMR? (laughs) Okay, um, this week we're our top three. We're doing top three TV BFFs. Mm-hmm. Our favorite best friends. And of... I thought this would be easier than it was, but it was actually really hard for me. Yeah, it was really hard um, to narrow it down for me. I have a lot of bonus ones to my list mm-hmm. this week. Well, and I feel like television, people are just kind of mean to each other a lot of the times. Like, there were a lot of friendships where I was like, I don't think I would really want to be in that friendship. Yeah, I had a hard time because I really wanted at least one female best friendship, Mm -hmm. and they were kind of the hardest ones to come up with the best ones. Oh my gosh, I was going to talk about that because, same, I'm glad you had the same problem because... Yeah, I was struggling with that too. And it made me realize that we need more positive female relationships on TV shows. Yeah, there's too many frenemies. Yeah. Which isn't what we were going for with this. Or it's just like they're best friends and then one of them starts dating their ex or something. Mm-hmm. And it's just like, that's not super realistic. No. Okay, cool. well, I'm excited I'm glad to hear yours. you had that problem too. Yeah. What's your th- number three? So my number three is a female friendship. It is Daria and Jane on <laughs> Daria, which it's actually funny that you bring up that point about dating an ex because there's actually a plot line on Daria where that happens, but it's kind of like universally known as the worst part of that show. Like mm-hmm. it kind of jumped the shark at that point because this friendship would never be split up by that in the earlier seasons. But when all the, and they overcome it because they're still like the, some of the best friends out there. But they're just fun on that show because they're, like, the two outcasts of the high school and just very 90s-style sarcastic, and they just want to watch TV and eat pizza all the time and, like, be kind of judgy of their crazy town. Relatable. Yeah, exactly. (laughs) So (laughs) I wish it's almost like they were an inspiration for this podcast all along. It kind of sounds like me and you. Yeah. (laughs) (laughs) So, yeah, they're my number three. I love it. I... Was looking up lists online and mm-hmm. just to make sure I wasn't missing anyone. And they were on a lot of them. I, oh, good. Yeah. Um. Okay. So for my number three, I kind of did mine. I chose a group of friends okay. that are all BFFs. I chose a boy and a girl and then two girls. Okay. So number three is my group of friends. And I chose Archie and Jughead and Veronica and Betty from Riverdale. Okay. I think that's that's fair. Thank you. Judging from, I haven't watched Riverdale yet, but I have read the Archie comics, (laughs) and I think that's legit. I think that counts. Okay, good. I think, I like Archie and Jughead's relationship a lot because they come from completely different sides of the track, if you will, (laughs) but they're both really supportive of each other even when each other's posses hate each other. Cool. And They're just above all that. Yeah, exactly. And then Veronica and Betty, they've had... Again, they have some drama, which I think is stereotypical of female friendships on TV. But yeah, well, and it's all about a boy. Yeah, Every time exactly. it's about a boy. Um, so annoying. It's but, actually really eye-opening. Yeah. Mm, it's sad. I know. But they're always there for each other, too. And then the fact that they're all dating one another is also, <laughs> like, I guess that's, like, all you could ever want is 
your best friend to be dating your partner's best friend because yeah. I've heard that's the hardest part about like getting married is having a couple of friends where everyone likes each other. Yeah. That's why they're my number three. I love that number three. I like the, well, because they legitimately are all best friends. We never said it had to be two best friends. No, for this top we just three, said BFFs. So. So my number two is Troy and Abed on Community. Okay. They're just, they're really iconic because I feel, I feel like the show actually, it, Community starts out centered on Jeff Winger, Joel McHale's character. Mm-hmm. But then I think it's like partway through the first season and then pretty much all up until Donna Glover actually left Community. But Troy and Abed are like the heart of the show because they're just like pure and really weird and have... Just the weirdest jokes and sense of humor and all their antics are just crazy. Mm-hmm. And they're they're one of the most... I feel like their punchlines and their whole storylines are some of the most unexpected on the show. Donald Glover, obviously, is just... Who wouldn't want to be his best friend? <laughs> I Show me that list. Yeah. No one's on it. And Danny Pudi. Like, they're just so funny and weird and... Like, a lot of things they're doing, the whole thing with a straight face. They're, I don't really know if there's any other friends or characters like them on any other show, and they're just amazing. I love them. I like that. My number two is Mindy Lahiri and Morgan Oh, from the Mindy Project. That makes me so happy. <laughs> I didn't even think about them, but they really are BFFs. They really are. Oh, I and love like, Morgan, Morgan so much. Morgan would literally die for Mindy, <laughs> and he's totally okay with it, and... He would do it with a smile. Yeah, exactly. So, I mean, I hope I don't have a friendship like that where I treat someone like that. But I think (laughs) that they still respect each other and are always helping one another. I loved that episode of Mindy Project where the doctors and the practice switch who their, like, nurses are. Mm -hmm. And so they find out everything that Morgan has been doing every (laughs) single day for Mindy. (laughs) Like, 24 Mm -hmm. hours a day. And they're just like, no, like... (laughs) I'm not going to ask you to do that. And he's like, oh, oh, like all surprised. Plus they're best friends in real life. Exactly. So it even adds to it. That's just the dreamiest set. I'm sad I didn't include them. That makes me really happy, though, just to even talk about them. (laughs) I thought it would. It actually brings me kind of to my number one because it's two IRL best friends. Mm -hmm. And it's JD and Turk from Scrubs. Okay. Zach Braff and Donald Faison met when they started filming Scrubs. And they, like, immediately became best friends, and they still are to this day, and they, like, I don't think Zach Braff has any kids, but Mm -hmm. he always is hanging out with Donald and his wife and their kids, and they, the show, on the show, it's really good combination of personalities, because Turk is kind of like this cool, he was always the cool guy, and JD is just, like, a super nerd, but they're both doctors, and Turk is a surgeon, and JD's on the medical side, but they re- they're just, like, up for whatever weird things they want to do, and they're really supportive of each other, but they're also imperfect. Like, it's still an imperfect friendship. Like, they both get sometimes a little too real with each other, and but they're always honest with each other, and I just love friendship depictions like that. I had a feeling they would be on your list, even yeah. though I haven't seen that show. It's so... It, I love that show. It's one of my faves. My number one... I felt like I was cheating because I included one of them on my list last week, but I had to choose Christina Yang and Meredith Grey. They're so good, though. They're the best twosome on that show, in my opinion. Yeah, they made the show, and that's why it was sad when Christina left, because... But actually, I even had, like, a slash because 
Karev kind of takes Christina's place once she's gone. And I even still love Meredith and Karev's relationship because she's like, you have to be my person now. And I like them as much as I liked Christina and Meredith. But yeah, I just love that they could be super real with each other at all times and counted on each other for that. Mm -hmm. Those are the best kind of friendships on TV when like one friend can tell the other kind of the real deal. Totally. They can tell them when they're being stupid. Um, I know we both had a lot of bonuses. A lot of bonuses. (laughs) I wonder if there's any overlap. I bet there is because one of mine is Leslie and Anne from Marks and Rec. I had them too. I'm not really sure what kept them off of my top three. I think part of it was because I was guessing maybe they would be on yours, so I wanted to do different people. (laughs) They are equally supportive of each other, and they're also just so different from each other. Yeah. I don't know why I didn't put them in my top either, but I needed to choose, like, a variety. Yeah. Like, it was almost like they were too normal, which I I shouldn't complain about their not being normal female friendships, but (laughs) I didn't even put them on my top. Yeah, that's true, because theirs doesn't really center on a guy. No. Any drama with them. I guess Leslie gets kind of jealous about Mark. But that's kind of fleeting. It doesn't last too long. Yeah. I had two boy friendships. I had Corey and Sean from Boy Meets World. Classic. (laughs) I just love that they were friends in like sixth grade and all the way until they were old. So. Yeah. Um, And then I also had Seth and Ryan from the OC. I also had Seth and Ryan. They're so funny. I love them. I I almost wish the show were just about them. Mm Mm-hmm. I recently started rewatching it and I was only I only got like four episodes in, but they again they're so different from each other, but they're so protective of one another. Mm-hmm. So I just really like them. Well, I love the side of Ryan that Seth brings out. Mm -hmm. Because I feel like Seth makes Ryan not just your standard kind of like bohunk, like muscle guy. Like he's, he really holds his own with the comedy. Mm -hmm. It's not just the only the Adam Brody show. Like they're, Back and forth is really funny. Mm -hmm. I love them. Um, Another bonus I had was Abby and Alana on Broad City. I was waiting for them, for you to say them. Yeah. (laughs) They're just, they're like almost not normal enough to make my actual top three, but they're just like, the word I keep thinking right now is just wacky. Like, Mm -hmm. they're crazy, but they both, they're, they're both going through like, weird times with like their jobs and with money like they're trying to just like scrape by in the city and they're just both there for each other and find like crazy ways to have fun they comfort each other and just all the while while still being crazy and they're just very very hilarious i also had um the geeks on freaks and geeks yeah they're a good friend group yeah. Um, I had uh, Pretty Little Liars as my other friend group. <laughs> I was thinking of them, but for some reason I kind of was thinking I needed to narrow it down. Yeah. Like, between two. But that's a kind of impossible. Yeah. I would think that, I mean, because we're not including Allie, right? No. Allison. She's the worst one. I hated her. Yeah. So, but the, I love those four. Because the other four had a bond while they thought Allie was dead, so. Yeah. Plus, Allie was always terrorizing them even when exactly. she was around, so. Exactly. Um, oh, a lot of the lists had um, Lorelai and Rory. Hmm. Which. That I, works. I think it's interesting because, I mean, I'm just very, I'm always against of moms being their daughter's best friends. 
So I couldn't put them on my list. Yeah. I don't know. I thought it was interesting that they were literally on like every list. Well, and it's more like you like their relationship. Yeah. It's just, it's just much more complex than just saying that they're only best friends. Yeah. Because um, I wouldn't have put like sisters no. or brothers as best friends. Yeah. Plus, I feel like this is one more example of Lane getting the short end of the stick. Totally. Because Lane is like maybe my one of my favorite characters for sure on Gilmore Girls. Mm-hmm. And she, I mean, I do think that Lorelai and Rory are closer than Lane and Rory, but because Lane is they're... her best friend. Yeah. And Suki is Lorelai's best mm-hmm. friend. Suki and Lane should have just kind of been best friends <laughs> because I think maybe they would have been should, a lot happier. We should pitch that as a side project. Seriously. Well, I'm Sherman Palladino couple is going to be like way too busy now. <laughs> But maybe I'll send them but a letter. But not after they hear this idea. <laughs> Drop everything. <laughs> okay. Um, TV news. Yeah, let's get going. Um, I think the most exciting thing for me from this week was Kelly Clarkson announced that she's going to have a talk show. She's going to be amazing as a talk show It's going to be so good. She's just so fun and she's so real. She's perfect. And she said it's going to be heavily focused on music and I love every time she's on Jimmy Fallon, they always do some type of singing game or something like that. So I kind of imagine it'll be a lot of that and it makes me really excited. And that's going to be different from every other talk show right yeah. now. Like, like half variety show half musical like mm-hmm. it'll be i'm actually kind of picturing that snl sketch um what's up with that <laughs> where he just breaks into song all the time and mm-hmm. doesn't even talk to his guests well i saw i feel like oh kelly clarkson was on ellen and she did like a pretend part as like a host and she was like i struggle with listening i like have to not talk about myself and that's gonna be really hard <laughs> That's going to be hilarious. I'm very excited about the female talk show hosts we're getting because I'm also very excited for Busy Tonight to start in October. Busy Phillips will be really good, too, as a host. I'm very excited about that. It'll be a very different dynamic than Kelly. Definitely. Because Busy's just going to be more snarky Mm -hmm. and it's going to be cool. Well, and Busy's will be nighttime and... Um, Kelly's is in the day before the Ellen show. Okay. What, um, what network is busy tonight on again? Is it a streaming? Oh, okay. So we'll see. That's awesome. One piece of TV news I'm very excited about is that they announced that Hulu is going to be rebooting Veronica Mars for a brand new season. It'll be eight episodes long. And I'm excited because the creator, Rob Thomas, said that the Veronica Mars movie that they made was like kind of just a reunion kind of thing. Like it had its own mystery story in it, but it was mostly like kind of for the fans and like more of a reunion. But this will be like its own standalone season. So that's really cool. My dad is really excited about it. Veronica Mars is a way, way good show. I'm really sad that Hulu won't get all the original three seasons until next year. Yeah, it seemed like a long time. But we'll just um, have to binge them next year, I guess. My dad was like, isn't she getting kind of old in reference <laughs> to Kristen Bell? And I was like, she literally looks exactly the same. The same. It's actually like kind of like witchcraft kind of. Yeah, it's crazy. So yeah. Plus it's kind of cool for her to have aged. Totally. Like, I like setting it in the, the like real time has passed. Mm-hmm. It'll be, I'm really excited. Another thing that I had read that I just thought it was really funny, there's not, like, a lot to talk about, but 
um, Helena Bonham Carter hired a psychic to contact the late Princess Margaret to get ready for her role <laughs> in the crown. Oh my gosh. I love her. <laughs> so I just thought that that was really funny. That's really funny. I didn't hear that. Yeah. That's amazing. I, I love guess Helena Bonham Carter. It was Carter. like reported by the sun. So people were like, we don't know if this is true or not, but we wouldn't put it, put it past her. Yeah. Sounds like something she would do. Oh, yeah. It sounds, I feel like she kind of has the vibe like she could be a psychic. Mm-hmm. Do you have anything else? I do have one more that it concerns something I love very much, but I'm a little hesitant in my feelings about the show. Okay. But their FX is making a TV show of the movie What We Do in the Shadows. Oh, yeah. The New Zealand vampire movie starring my number one guy, Taika Waititi, and also Jermaine Clement, who's, he's high on the list. He's not number yeah. one, but I love him too. And they're doing a panel for New York Comic Con. Oh. And that's like, um, not this, it's in like two weekends, but I'm excited to hear what news comes out from that panel because I'm really intrigued by the show because it's set in America and the cast is interesting and it includes, um, Beanie Feldstein. Mm-hmm. From Ladybird, I just, I don't even know what to expect. And I don't think that Taika or Jemaine are in the TV show. Mm-hmm. I think they're just producing it. Okay. But I'm excited to hear more about it. I'm really mean, intrigued. I trust Taika with my life, so. Yeah, I literally would. It has to be good. But it'll just be interesting if it's like that same kind of mockumentary. Mm-hmm. I assume it would be, but it'll just be so funny and set in America. Because mm-hmm. New Zealand is such a part of the humor of that, too. So it's going to maybe have to be kind of a different sense of humor. But I'm really excited. Have you ever seen High Fidelity? I've seen only part of it on TV. I haven't seen it, but just today it was announced that Zoe Kravitz is starring. They're doing a remake, a female remake of it. Oh my gosh, cool. And Zoe Kravitz is starring and executive producing it. Well, then it's going to be great. And well, here's the thing that's interesting is that it's going to be on the new Disney platform. What? (laughs) That's odd. Yeah, it's all weird. Yeah. High so, Fidelity is definitely an R-rated movie. Okay, that's what I How thought. How are they going to translate that for the Disney... Pro- unless they're going to be kind of like edgy Disney. I don't know. Hmm. That's exciting. I wonder but if I Jack love, Black will pop up. I love Zoe Kravitz, so... Yeah. She's another one I would trust with my life. Yeah. She's just, is there another cooler person our age? No. Not at all. There you have it. <laughs> <laughs> okay. Well, we watched a lot of TV. We binged hard. We did a lot of hard work this week. Brand new fall TV shows. Yeah. We're going to talk about our least favorite first. We didn't not we didn't necessarily not like them, but there was definitely no. one that we liked a lot more and it will be very apparent. Yes. So we'll start first with American Vandal Season Mm 2, and if you've listened to any episode of this podcast (laughs) at all, I probably mentioned the first season of American Vandal, which I loved, tied for first of my favorite new show I watched last year. So I was very excited about season two, but I was a little let down. I definitely don't think it was as good as the first season. I felt, well, first of all, it was, even for me, who is very much a poop fart humor kind of gal, (laughs) doesn't necessarily mean I need to see poop actually everywhere. I don't even really want to describe it because I know that I have a higher tolerance for that than a lot of people, (laughs) but it was 
I think out of everything I've ever watched in my life, it was the most graphic thing I've ever seen. I only watched the first episode and I watched it on my phone and I was very glad because I really Mm. couldn't see it because it was so small. (laughs) It was, I mean, it's like I get that you want to show how, like what a catastrophe it was that the whole cafeteria was food poisoned Mm -hmm. and that it was like everyone was like, sprinting to try and find a bathroom and then if but no not enough people could get in so they were like going in the trash cans in the hall or on the floor or in the sinks but like you can show that and not show everything that they showed yeah it was really gross Mm -hmm. I so I don't really feel like I can even recommend it to everyone because I don't want people to look at me and be like wow thanks for telling me to watch this (laughs) it was horrific so if you watch it don't say you watched it because Jordan told you please don't leave me out of it Mm -hmm. also I really do feel like you could just kind of watch the the teaser that Netflix put out when they announced the new season Mm -hmm. because it had basically all the main information but it just didn't show anything graphic I think that you could just watch that and then jump ahead like 15 or 20 minutes into the first episode. But then it keeps coming, like footage of it keeps yeah, coming it up keeps, throughout the season. So yeah, they do it like multiple times. I just don't know why they had to do that. No. It was so gross. Unnecessary. Outside of that, I still did enjoy it because I think it's still a clever premise of treating these kind of these things happening in a school as like your kind of your standard true crime documentary. And I really like that. But I just felt like the first season had kind of funnier, better characters that I could get kind of excited about. And I felt like the acting was better in the first season. I felt like some of the kids felt a little too much, like you could just kind of tell they were acting. Yeah. Which the beauty of the first season for me was that you couldn't tell that they were acting. Mm -mm. It was just so natural that they really... I mean, I I always say this, but it literally felt like they just hired some teenagers off the street. And, like, you can... uh, They just drop you in into this high school where there's, like... Like any high school, there's just kind of an established hierarchy Mm -hmm. and, like, who's friends with who and who knows what about... Like, everyone knows this about this person. And I didn't really get that as much in this season. It felt like they were kind of trying too hard, Mm -hmm. which the first season to me felt just kind of more effortless like that. I thought that where the mystery ended up in the second season didn't like, it just wasn't as compelling or surprising to me as much as the first season was. Mm -hmm. So that's how I feel about that. Yeah, we'll see if I finish it. I mean, I still, I think if... I just hadn't loved the first season so much. I would, I still think this is good. Like, I'd still probably give it like a B, B plus maybe, because I don't think it's bad. I just, it didn't, I just didn't love it like I did the first season. The (laughs) next show that we both started and finished Mm -hmm. um, is Forever. It's on Amazon, starring Maya Rudolph and Fred Armisen. And what can we even say? This was. A very surprising show. It's hard. Okay, this show and the next show we're going to talk about, it's hard to really talk about because we don't want to give anything away and it's probably better to go into it pretty blind. Yeah, and we really want you guys to watch both of these shows. Yeah. So we're not going to spoil them. No, because we love you. Yeah. (laughs) But, okay, let's talk about forever okay oh you you start i was just talking for like a million hours oh it's fine um i need a break (laughs) i literally these are my three notes i have about it they had a britney spears instagram joke 
And it was my favorite. Um, I forgot about that. And it's, yeah. Yeah. If you know anything about me, I'm pretty obsessed with saving Britney Spears right now. So it was a timely joke that was really funny. Yeah. Okay, there's a character on this show. Her name is Case. And it took me a little bit to figure out where she was from. And it's the mom from Get Out. Mm-hmm. And so I love seeing her in this show. Have you ever I, seen Enough Said? No, I haven't. She's in that. Catherine Keener is just, like, very intimidating to me. Yeah. She's terrifying in Get Out, and it's amazing. Mm-hmm. And she was also pretty intimidating in Forever. Yeah, she was. She's a very, like, confrontational presence. There's yeah. just something about her. And something I love about watching shows on Amazon, I meant to talk about this when we were talking about Marvelous Mrs. Maisel, But Amazon, it's, like, connected to IMDb, so when you're watching it, it shows all the actors who are currently on screen, and you can click on them and see what they're in or, like, what song is playing. And so I love watching shows on Amazon. So anyway, that's just, like, a side note. But my last note that I have about it is that the music was really, really, really good. I loved it. Yeah, it was way good. I thought it was used in a really good way. And it makes things like really spooky at times when like normally they wouldn't be scary, Mm -hmm. but it made things feel really creepy at times. Yeah. One of the creators was Alan Yang and he was a writer for Parks and Rec and also helped with, um, Master of None. Yes, that's what I was thinking of, (laughs) which also uses really good music in a creative Mm -hmm. way. So, yeah. One thing that I I did really like about Forever is I like when you're kind of, a show kind of drops you into an environment without explaining it too much. Yeah. Like, and you have to you you have to learn about it as it goes, and you have to be patient. And I like that it did that. Mm-hmm. I felt like there were times where I was a little bit distracted because I had a lot of questions, but I know it was on purpose that they kind of left you wanting more and mm-hmm. asking a lot of questions. Totally. Well, because even that is kind of ties into like the whole metaphor of the show too. Yeah, it's true. It was very interesting. It was one of those that. I feel like it kind of felt like reading a short story where it's like this kind of like slice taken out of like instead of a full novel, it's just like this brief kind of moment in time almost Mm -hmm. that it just I guess it kind of goes back to that just like dropping you in and you kind of have to use context clues to figure out what's going on Mm -hmm. for a lot of things. One really weird thing I kept thinking about, especially as it gets going kind of towards the middle it weirdly reminded me of the first half of Mother. Oh, that's Like, the dialogue and, like, kind of how quiet certain parts mm-hmm. were and how I didn't really know exactly all the time what was going on. You're trying to figure it out. Yeah. Like, you know there's a mystery and you're trying to solve it, mm-hmm. but then, are you? <laughs> <laughs> or is it just dialogue? Yeah. Yeah, it's true. Their characters were very um, mysterious that I was trying to figure out, like, is this how you really are? Or is there more to this? Yeah. Um, Another thing I really liked was the opening of the show is a lot like the opening of Up. 
the Disney yeah. channel, or not Disney channel, Disney movie. Up. Yeah, yeah. <laughs> and um, so it, like, goes through, it. well, we didn't even really give a brief synopsis of the show. Oh, yeah, we're just <laughs> randomly saying, people are so, like, what is this? Why do I watch will tell this? you that it's about Fred Armisen and Maya Rudolph, they're married, and so it's just about, it's about marriage. That's mm-hmm. basically all we can really say. Yeah. Without giving it anything else away. But the opening is like a f- five minutes and it shows like their story in an, in the same way that Up does. And mm-hmm. it does a really good job of giving you a lot of context for a lot of years in a really short amount of time. And it's really pretty. Yeah. And with no dialogue. Mm-hmm. I hadn't put that together that it is like Up, but it really is. Yeah. It's like kind of the downer version. Well, not that Up isn't not isn't a downer, but it's like a really happy, sweet marriage. And this one is, but it's also like kind of the re- more, even more realistic version. Yeah. Like kind of the monotony of life and mm-hmm. stuff. Even though I wouldn't necessarily say that I absolutely loved it. I was more just like curious the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I, kn- I didn't get bored. I've been hearing a lot of stuff about people saying like, oh, I just thought it was too boring. And I was intrigued enough that I never felt bored. There's definitely slow, quiet parts, but it was still, like, it was funny throughout, and it really made me think a lot. Well, they're really short episodes. They're, like, 30 minutes, and there's only eight. So it's a quick watch, and it's usually hard for me to get that bored. If if I get bored in a 30-minute show like that, there's a problem. (laughs) Yeah, exactly. Like, you might as well not finish it. I felt like... In the middle of it, I was, like, a little bit, like, where is this going? But then it picked up, and I liked it. It really picks up. Yeah. It definitely made me love Maya Rudolph even more than I already did. She was amazing. She was so good. Like, she was funny and real, and I thought she did a really good job. Like, Fred Armisen wasn't even funny in it. No, there were a couple times when you laugh because you're just kind of like, what? He's awkward. (laughs) He's very awkward. I was actually, I was listening to something where they were discussing this show, and they were like, Fred Armisen's character, it was almost too distracting having him play that character because if it had been like any kind of bland guy that you don't really know what else he's done what other shows he's been in then he would just kind of be like kind of like your bland blah kind of like husband character Mm -hmm. but because it's fred armison you're like what is this guy up to because i was like waiting for him to be kind of quirky and funny yeah wasn't yeah he was pretty funny in it though like just him being like that in itself was Was funny funny. Yeah. yeah that's true so we would recommend it yeah, I would. I Because I would like to hear what people have to say about it. Yeah. And discuss it with them. Totally. And I'm interested to see if there's another season. Yeah. So. I feel like they could leave it off without making another one. I feel like that. I read things that were talking about that. Like, they left it off like that, but they also left it open enough that they could definitely create more. Yeah. Well, it would be kind of cool if they make another one, but then it's about a completely different set of people. Yeah. Um, okay, our last one. This is the one we're the most excited to talk about. <laughs> I want to scream it from the rooftops. I want to <laughs> talk to every single person I know. I've wanted to tweet about it. I don't think I've made a Facebook post in like three years, but I wanted to post a Facebook <laughs> about it. That is saying a lot. <laughs> 
posting on Facebook is the scariest thing in yeah. this world. <laughs> to say in that that's world. the scariest thing in the world right now. Then, it's still it's still scary. Yeah. Anyway, we both watched binged in two days mm-hmm. the Netflix original Maniac. It just came out on Friday. You've probably seen it dominating your Netflix login screen. Mm-hmm. It's all over. It's starring Emma Stone and Jonah Hill, directed by um, Carrie Fukunaga, who did um, True Detective, the first the season. First season. And he did Jane season. Eyre. Yeah, exactly. <laughs> the one people like. And he did Jane Eyre with Mia Wasikowska and mm-hmm. Michael Fassbender, which is really good and extremely different than this. Yeah. And he's going to do the new James Bond movie. Yeah. I was going to talk about him, but I didn't know how to pronounce his name, so I'm glad you did that. <laughs> okay, I don't even know where to begin. The very loose, spoiler-free premise yeah. is that both Jonah Hill and Emma Stone are p- taking part as test subjects of this at this pharmaceutical company. Yeah. Ta-da! <laughs> End Good of job. podcast. Um... And the show is so twisty-turny that there's not any other real plot points that we can safely discuss. And we really want you guys to watch the show, so we're not going to spoil anything. And then tweet us, message us, text us, come over so we can talk about Mm -hmm. it for hours and hours. Maybe just watch it again. (laughs) Well, that's something that I was going to say is that I'm not really a rewatcher. Jordan is definitely more of a rewatcher than me. Big but time. the minute I finished the series, I wanted to start it all over again because it's one of those shows where literally everything is related to everything and there are like little hidden gems everywhere mm-hmm. and everything kind of ties into each other. And so I want to know what I missed and I want to rewatch it over and over and over mm-hmm. again. Well, and it's actually exactly what I just said about forever. It's another pl- setting where you have to use context clues to figure out mm-hmm. kind of what the world is like, what's going on, what like what's just even just everyday life for people in this world, in this show. And I just... I'm so tired of movies and TV shows that, like, it's all just exposition at the beginning. Like, just way too much explanation. Like, give your audience some credit. We can figure stuff out as it goes on. And so I just love when they kind of require you to do work. Like, you have to piece it together and you have to pay attention so you can figure out what's going on. Because if you don't pay attention, then you might not like the show because you'll be just kind of confused because it changes Mm -hmm. at the drop of a hat. Well, and I had read a lot of stuff about people recommending that you don't binge it, which I thought was really interesting because I think if you don't binge it, then you probably will forget a lot of things and miss a lot of connections. Yeah, I agree with that. I, and it's so compelling. I don't know how you could stop watching it. Well, and I feel like... <laughs> When I was binging it, I almost felt like I was one of the test subjects. Like, it kind of added <laughs> well, yeah, to the experience for totally. me because I was like, where am I? Mm-hmm. Um, I started seeing everything as though I was, like, walking in those halls of that lab. Mm-hmm. It's only 10 episodes long, and all the episodes are astonishingly, like, 30 to 40 minutes. Mm-hmm. Like, 40 minutes max. They f- pack in so much in that time. It's like you're watching, like, a million movies in 30 minutes and it's really well done so it's crazy 
Yeah. It when I finished it, I my first thought was like, well, that was the best movie I've ever seen. Yeah. It's very cinematic. And I mean, it helps too that Emma Stone and Jonah Hill are movie actors. Mm-hmm. And one thing I want to say is that I was hesitant because I'm not really a Jonah Hill fan. I usually I'm kind of just kind of annoyed by him. I don't always think he's like that funny or adds personally that much to a lot of stuff he's in but he was very good in this he was he played, amazing you saw so much more nuance to his acting he was very um like subdued mm-hmm. he he was really good i thought he was good he was very and but then you get to episode nine and okay i was laughing so hard he was amazing yeah he, his character is, like, very subdued, like, the whole time. And then in episode nine, you see kind of a different side of him. Mm-hmm. And Emma Stone kind of takes, like, a backseat in that episode. And he is just so funny. I was literally laughing out loud while I was watching it. It was, oh, it was so funny. And so different than anything he's ever done. Mm-hmm. It, was, it was a wild ride, and I loved every yeah. second of it. Another thing, I just on Twitter and stuff, I've seen some critics who are like, I didn't like this show. I th- Well, and they only watched the first episode, I think, or maybe a couple. They're like, I just can't get over how pretentious it is. And I was like, I feel like if you only watched the first one, maybe two, more, more the first one, because I think the second one, when you learn more about Emma Stone's character. Well, Emma Stone's character is a lot more exciting because she's a more exciting person. For sure. Where Jonah's is definitely more boring and depressing. Yeah. But I also was thinking like, maybe if you're thinking that like the scientist characters are kind of like too, like it's that kind of style. I was like, I feel like Parts you think are pretentious, you're supposed to be annoyed. Like, you're supposed to be put off by, like, maybe that um, Jonah's family and, like, just the things that are going on in those early episodes before it really gets going. Yeah. Like, you might think that it's kind of like, oh, they're just trying to be, like, other hip shows that are on or something. But it's like, you can't really say that without watching the whole thing, I think. No. You can't really say anything without watching the whole thing. Yeah. Like, we're... <laughs> we can only say so much. Yeah, now that we've watched <laughs> the whole thing, we can't say anything. <laughs> I also was surprised how, um... It doesn't seem like it's going to be lighthearted at all. No, but, but it was funny. Yeah, it's very lighthearted. It's very funny. Very... Amidst the suspense and, like, I don't know, just whatever other crazy stuff is going on. (laughs) But um, I feel like it's... I like things that are dark but still optimistic. Totally. I agree. I My favorite part about the whole thing probably is the set. Um, (laughs) It's so so beautiful. It reminded me a lot of Blade Runner 2020, uh, which I know that Jordan hasn't seen, but... Um, it has a lot of, like, neon signs and stuff like that. Also, me and Jordan are both obsessed with Tokyo, and it reminded me, it was like an Americanized Tokyo. That's exactly what it was like. Yeah. How so it, it was perfect for me. Yeah. <laughs> maybe that's, maybe, take that out. I think I still would have loved it, but it definitely added to it. Yeah. I felt like one thing I thought about when I was watching it is that it's futuristic but still like retro well it's con- it, yeah it's like it's taking place in a different 
different world, Mm -hmm. which I like because you're kind of, like, questioning, like, when is this taking place? Where is this? And it's, like, New York, but it's not New York. And And it could be, like, 50 years in the future, but also in the 80s. Yeah. Like, it's in the future, but, like, their computers are stuck in the 80s. Yeah. And... Yeah, it's really interesting. I read something that was like, it was, it's kind of like a Black Mirror episode. Yeah. But instead of saying like, look at where technology is taking us, it's kind of like, look at where we are if technology stopped getting smarter. So I thought that was a really interesting comparison. Yeah. It also, speaking of Black Mirror, I, I had the thought where it did feel like a series long Black Mirror episode. Mm-hmm. And <laughs> that made me really eager for a USS Callister TV series. Yeah. Yeah, that's true. The cast also was so yeah. good. Every performance gonna... is good. I don't know if there's certain actors that would be spoilery to even bring up that, like, maybe show up later, but... Well, I was going to bring up Jemima Kirk. Oh, she was so I was, good. I didn't she wasn't know she in was going to be in it, but she was really good. Yeah. For the small part she was in it. Yeah. And she's so beautiful. Yeah. She, she looks really beautiful. Um, one really standout performance for me, and I don't think it's really spoilery now that I think about it because you get a glimpse of her in the first episode, Sally Field. Mm-hmm. She was so good. Yeah. She was crazy. She was amazing. just playing, like, she had a lot going on. She had to do a ton of different stuff, and I loved her. Truly, everybody was really good. Yeah. There wasn't um, a weak performance in the bunch. I was surprised at how much I like Justin Theroux. I was thinking the same thing. So usually I think he's just kind of like a douche. Like mm-hmm. he's just trying too hard. Well, he's just like universally hot. But in this show, he is the opposite. <laughs> he is. And I was reading about what he was saying about his character. And he was saying that he like wanted. He was like, I want to be bald, but I want to have a really bad wig. Was <laughs> <laughs> that a spoiler? <laughs> that was just one of my hilarious jokes. <laughs> Which I, is actually another thing that I thought was interesting is that Jonah Hill's character, I love, I didn't love it, but it was kind of sad. But a lot of people mistook his, like, subdued personality as sarcasm. I just related to that and I thought it was interesting. That's yeah. all. <laughs> <laughs> one thing about Justin Theroux is that even though he, this was, I think the most attracted I've ever been to him (laughs) because of that. The first time you see him, not to give, it's not really a plot point, but like the intro video for Mm -hmm. the test trial. (laughs) It was hilarious. I was laughing so hard. He's just, I've never seen him really pull off like awkward. Like I just didn't, I never would have thought that he could have done it, but he's Mm -hmm. so weird and awkward in that video. And I had hearts for eyes. Yeah, when he was well, another doing that. thing I had read about that specific thing was they filmed that video early on and they had to go back and refilm it because he hadn't really developed that quirkiness <laughs> yet. And so by the end of filming the show, they were like, that character developed into so much more and isn't even the character that we filmed in that instructional video. So they had to redo that. I I love that. Okay, and also, he reminded me a lot of John Hamm. Ding, 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 I mentioned John (laughs) Hamm. Um, In Unbreakable Kimmy Schmidt. Yes! Like, kind of just 
this but it's also funny because he's like the not charming version uh-huh it's, it's like they're twin brothers but yeah different. it's that same hair mm-hmm. it's those glasses dang did you have anything else here's it no. here's the notes i took on my phone like while i was watching there is a lot of talk about our hometown salt lake city it, salt lake city plays a huge part in this show so they say it all the time yeah it's like the first time they mentioned it, I was like, oh my gosh, that's cool. And then it turned into like an actual plot point and it was really exciting. It's awesome. And they even say it as Salt Lake, which is like a locals like way to say it. Mm-hmm. Like people from here never really say Salt Lake City. They just no, say Salt, Salt Lake. Lake. Yeah. Well, and I was thinking, I was like, do people who live in LA get so excited when <laughs> they mention LA? No, probably not. But <laughs> happens to them all the time. <laughs> This whole movie is just about L.A. Yeah. There are two... This is literally the note I have. Crazy blood parts? Question mark, question mark, question mark. Oh, like there those violence? There are two very violent parts. One of which I was laughing really hard. It was really funny, yeah. actually. But then there's another one, another violent part that was really disturbing. Well, that one episode has, like, three... Like t- dist- maybe two very parts where I was like... Yeah, it's like that disturbing, was but it's also exactly what funny. It kind of reminded me of Fargo a little bit. Oh, yeah. Oh, I also want to buy a trench coat now from Emma Stone's trench coat that she was wearing in most of the episodes. Her outfit. She looked so cool. Even She looked crazy and really cool. Yeah, she looked Like a really supermodel good. version of... Um, You know what's something I thought? In a lot of the episodes, I was like... Okay, how does she look so much like Margot Robbie? Okay, that's funny that you mentioned that because in one of the episodes, she's playing a character that reminded me a lot of um, Margot Robbie in the Ice Skater show. I, Tanya. Yeah, she reminded well, and me Wolf a lot of, of Wall I, Street. I, Tanya. It, it was crazy. Yeah, they're both really good and I thought the same thing. They, they should play sisters someday. That's a really good idea. Even though it's really funny because Emma Stone is older than Margot Robbie. I would have never even thought that. Yeah. That's true. Like, I'm older than Margot Robbie and she looks like she could be, like, my babysitter. (laughs) (laughs) So, anyway, we loved it. And... We loved it. Please watch it. We're begging you. We'll pay you money. Just kidding, we will. Taylor will pay you money. (laughs) So, who was your boyfriend of the week then? I have an idea, but I'm... I could be wrong. Oh, do you think it's Justin Thoreau? Uh-huh. It's not. Ah! Okay. I was debating him, but then there was one part that I was like, never mind. (laughs) His character is crazy. He's crazy. It'd be hard to choose him, especially because he really does not look attractive whatsoever on on this show. Well, I wasn't not attracted to him with the glasses and the wig. It's true. It wasn't that bad, but he... His personality was pretty bad. It's just there's one specific part that I was, like, horrified by him. Mm -hmm. And so I was like, no, never mind. (laughs) So my boyfriend of the week is Carrie Fukunaga, the director. Okay, that's a really good one. I'm jealous you thought of that. Thank you. I saw an article of him and he has really good hair. He has great glasses and he's really attractive and he's clearly extremely talented and... I read somewhere that one of his influences for Maniac was the movie Raising Arizona, which I 
think is really funny and unique and that's one of my dad's all-time favorite movies and so I feel like he'd obviously get along great with our family and as far as I know he's single so oh perfect yeah so I'll just give him a ring after this I'll just send him a link to this podcast (laughs) just dm him (laughs) (laughs) who's Um, yours mine's Jonah Hill interesting I was actually well never mind you tell me Jonah Hill and I'll tell you other thoughts I had me and Jordan were talking about Jonah Hill last week when we were anticipating this show, and I was pretty on the fence about him, but his newfound style, I kind of commend him for it, Yeah, even though good I style. don't necessarily... I would never think, oh, good style to me is a basketball jersey tucked into, like, tuxedo <laughs> pants, but it at least he has style. He made a choice. Yeah. And that in itself is admirable. And that's admirable. all I really want. He actually looked really good in this show. This is the best I've ever seen him look. Mm-hmm. And he just did a really good job. Yeah, I was definitely impressed by him, so I approve that choice. Thank you. I was also, I meant to ask you, did you cry? Oh, yeah. By the end, I was very moved. Okay, so it was did beautiful. I. I was crying. I, like, had all the tears welled up in my eyes at the end, and then the internet stopped working, so <gasps> it paused, like, right at the climax. That's horrible. So I was really sad because I didn't get the cry I really wanted, but it would have happened. Well, if you watch it again, then maybe you'll cry earlier more. in more episodes. Yeah, that's true. It's genuinely moving. It, yeah. It really takes you on a like an existential path. If you care about mental health at all or friendships, mm-hmm. this is the show for you. Yeah, and if and you family. don't care about either of those things, there's probably something wrong with you <laughs> and you should watch it anyway. And also tell us who you are because I need to know who of my friend group is a sociopath. <laughs> yeah, very true. Can oh. I t- am I allowed to talk about maybe a backup boyfriend? Oh, sure. Um, Billy Magnuson, the uh, brother in this. Oh, yeah, yeah, yeah. Because... He is in every single movie. Yeah. He's in, well, this is a TV show. He's in mm-hmm. this. He pops up in Anger Goes West. He's in Game Night. He's in Into the Woods. He's in uh, freaking everything. Yeah, he's in everything. <laughs> it's crazy. Like, he's he's going to be the new Six Degrees of Kevin Bacon. He's yeah. crazy. And so, but he, I was not attracted to his character in this. No. But I respect him, and he's always, like, a welcome presence. Yeah. But... I decided to go for Carrie as my official boyfriend of the yeah. week. Good choice. Thank you. This is long. It's, a long. it's our longest episode yet. Unless we have to edit out like a million things. Like we accidentally spoiled stuff. Did we? No. I don't think so. I'm really proud of us. I am too. Those were actually really hard shows to talk about without spoiling. Somehow we talked about it more than anything else so far. So there so you have it. more of those shows. <laughs> I guess so. We found our niche. Spoiler free yeah lengthy podcasts. (laughs) Okay. We'll see you next time. See ya.